0: On the flow now my jewelry box froze boat bowl up stole counted millions in a code bad bitch booted swole got her on bankroll can't fold doesn't know headshot
1: case closed close, close, close. what is up guys it's andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realistic sake about the lies the fakeness and delusions of modern society and welcome to motherfucking reality guys today we have q and af this is where uh you bring the cues and uh give you the afs and as always dj is gonna read your cues uh, and you could submit your cues. Email them in to ask andy at andyforseller.com. What's
0: going on, man? What's going on, man? It's been an interesting day. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: I wouldn't know. I've had my head in my fucking own business for the whole day. So uh has the world exploded yet? Entrepreneurship. Yeah, I'd do it. yeah, actual business owner shit, not pretending to be a business owner on the internet. You got a fee? Oh yeah, we do have a fee. The fee is very simple, guys. If you like the show, if it makes you think, if it makes you laugh, if it teaches you something, uh, share the show, okay? I don't run ads on the show. I'm actually a real entrepreneur in real life. Um, so I don't need the ad revenue. Uh, I, I, I make plenty of money. I do pretty good on my own. Uh, and I like to, to give back. I like to give information to you. Um, and you probably wonder like, why the fuck do I do this? Well, here's the reason I do this. Because I realize that if I don't teach this information to you, Um, who is going to teach to you? Because we have 80% of the motherfuckers out there trying to teach you shit, aren't doing real shit in real life. They don't own a real company. Can't go online and buy their products unless it's coaching, okay? So whose job is it to teach? Well, it's my job. And unfortunately uh, for you, I wasn't born to be a teacher. I was born to kick ass. And so you got to deal with a little bit different way of communication. So hopefully you can appreciate it. A
0: little profanity here
1: and there. (laughs) Yeah, or a lot, depending on how I fucking feel. Right, so... Well, man, I got some good ones for you, man. Yeah.
0: Let's knock these out. Yeah,
1: yeah. and if this is your first time listening, uh, we do divide the show up into different shows, okay? Uh, When you come here and subscribe to Real AF, you're going to get, well, you never know what the fuck you're going to get. You're going to get, most of the time, you're going to get CTI, which is Cruise the Internet, all right? That's where uh, we look at what's going on in the world, and we make fun of it and make fun of you for believing it. And then we have uh, Q&AF, which is here, which is where I teach my entrepreneur content, uh, if you want to learn more in-depth entrepreneur content, um, there's a lot for free in the MFCEO catalog, which is the number one entrepreneur podcast of all time. Uh, if you scroll on back to numero uno and start there, there's 330 episodes of pure entrepreneurial goodness um, that you can listen to. If you want to learn more in depth, you can join Taste Syndicate, which is a, a, a club that Ed and Let, and I run that teaches people how to fucking win. Um, then... We have Real Talk, which is where I get on and I yell and, and basically uh, tell you all the shit none of your friends will tell you and force you to look in the mirror and figure out that the problem is you. Uh, and then we have full-length episodes where I get my famous friends to come on and we talk about how they kicked ass. And that's basically how we do the show. Um, I don't really give a fuck if you don't like the show, so don't worry about emailing me in because I don't care and I don't answer to you and I don't answer to fucking anybody. So if you don't like the show, don't share it. But if you like the show, please share it. That's the fee. Sign me up. Hey, man. (laughs) Is that not accurate? It's very accurate. Okay. Very accurate. It's fucking accurate. (laughs) Like these (laughs) people, you know, people fucking email into my various companies. Oh, I don't like it. Well, guess what, motherfucker? I'm not going to fire myself. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) So fucking look away, go away, go buy someone else's shit. I don't give a fuck. All right? Anyway, so how can we help people today? We got some good ones for you, guys. Got some good ones for you, Andy. Question
0: number one, Andy. Uh, what are your thoughts on workplace parties? Okay. Not the, you know, I got coffee and donuts in the fucking break room for mm-hmm. Susan's birthday. Um, but this person says, my boss told me that I shouldn't go to parties that my employees host because I am their manager and need to maintain a level of professionalism. So, how do you balance professionalism and being a regular dude when it comes to your employees? Uh,
1: yeah. Look, man. There's some truth to that. I feel like it's a tough question. Yeah, there is nuance, right? And nuance means there's no clear answer, and the answer b- depends on the circumstances. Um, you know, <clears throat> I don't think it's a, now. Now, listen, I've been doing this since I was 19. Right. All right. right. So like, I've gone through the phase where I've party balls with all my employees. Like, right. And let well, you're all the same age. So yeah. Yeah. Right. That's right. <laughs> and and uh, and a lot of good things came from that. Right. right. Like. Everybody got to see everybody make ass of themselves at one mm. point or another because that's what happens when you go out partying with your friends. One, everybody's got to be the dumbass every night, right? <laughs> everybody's got to be – it's always somebody's, somebody's turn. Somebody. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, as you get a little bit bigger and, you know, uh, you start bringing in people that don't really – you don't really get to know as closely, um, you know, things do change and the dynamic does change. And that's unfortunate because um, I do think that the time when you're smaller – uh a smaller company you get to know your people a little bit better just because there's everybody everybody knows that you're a bunch of fuck-ups trying to do something right whereas when you start to actually do something people start to look at you a different way mm-hmm. um which sucks it's not as fun it's not MF CEO. it's just ceo now yeah right, right. Yeah, I, and I, I it's it. it's not as cool dude it's not as fun yeah and unfortunately the atmosphere that we uh that we live in today um you know, people like to hold things against people and judge people and act like, you know, uh, people don't make the same mistakes that you make. And, you know, for that reason, it's probably uh, a better idea in most places to to do what your boss said there mm-hmm. and, and to really stay away from those things. Um, but, man, you know, I think it all comes down to just knowing your limits and knowing where, you know. <laughs> Maybe you don't want to be the guy that's dancing on the fucking bar and, and putting a fucking lampshade on her head. Maybe you do. Maybe that's the atmosphere you want. I don't fucking know. There was a time when I was that guy for our company, bro. I was the wildest motherfucker in the company. It was Wolf of Wall Street shit, right? And um, and that was a lot of fun. But, you know, nowadays it's, it's, it's a little bit different. I, I don't like to party like that anymore. I don't fucking, I don't really get too wild anymore. And yeah. so maybe it's just different for me. But I think that's a delicate situation. And I think, you know, approaching it with the understanding of, you know, OK, these guys are my friends, but also, um, you know, I have to manage them and we have to get shit done. I think the best way to handle that situation is, is to compartmentalize it. You know, I think a lot of people that are in leadership roles try to carry those leadership roles to the uh, social events. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they get to the social event and they keep they try to they try to keep their work code on. Right. Right. right like, right. bro, when you go to that social event, it's just it's just. You and the and the fellas, or you and the, and the and the coworkers, or whatever, right? And um, letting that guard down to show everybody that you're just one of them is helpful and harmful in certain situations. So yeah. navigating that just takes some self awareness. Um, I like to operate where you know when we're at my house or we're out somewhere, we're we're all the same. We're equal. Right. We're right. equals, and we are. And when business time to get business time we're still all equals but it's just my role to call the shots right. at the end of the day right um and i think you know leaving your ego out of leadership is a good way to to approach those situations it allows you to have a healthy balance of friendship and get shit done um i think most of my team here understands that like when we're out uh we're out and when we're here we're here and we don't hold things against people like there's been plenty of employees here that have like gotten too drunk or you know, maybe got a little too loose at some of these. We don't hold that against people when they come back to work. That's mm-hmm. not how we do shit here. Yeah. Um. We treat people like humans. We when we're friends, we're friends, and when we're, we're when, as long as you don't come into work acting like that, there's not going to be a problem. Yeah. And I think that's the way it should be run. Well, you I mean, know? Uh, would you say there's definitely ways
0: to have those fun atmosphere parties, right? Like, like we you do. Uh, One P has Summer Smash every yeah. year, right? Like, yeah. I think that would be st- like. I mean, I'm not saying everybody can can do that, right? And yeah. fucking get Steve Aoki. Uh, in here, right? But like, there's definitely ways to fucking, to, Look, to man, make those positive
1: I, interactions, listen, right? dude, I think, you know, one of our core values here is building fun and positive relationships and having fun and partying and letting off steam. That's part of that deal. So like, I don't, to me, you know, I feel like this whole, this whole, uh, can't hang out, can't do that. I think that's all to make up for a gap in your weak leadership abilities. Mm. I think you should be able to lead your team and still be socially friends with them. Um, you know, if we were all out on, on a combat mission and there was life or death situations, uh, you know, you guys, and we, I was leader and you guys, we would be, uh, I would make the fucking call. Right. If we're out at the bar and, you know, you guys say, yeah, I want to go to this other bar, I'm going to be, and you guys all, there's four of you, I'm going to say, hey, all right, well, everybody wants to go to the other <laughs> bar. Let's go. Right. Like, it's just right. knowing when to assert and when not to assert. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people try to, I, I think it's kind of a cheesy way to maintain a, a power structure over someone by By limiting interaction, I think the better opportunity is to is to, you know, participate in the interaction, be in control of yourself as much as possible. Um, but dude, this is all leadership styles. Like there's a million different kinds that work. Uh for me, you know, I just I I do what I said I just did, you know, my friends are my friends. And when we come in here and we gotta do something, we take it serious. And if somebody treats I've never had a problem with that. I've never had one of my guys who who I consider some of my best friends in the fucking world, if not my very best friends, you know when we're out you know, and then they come here and they I treat me like like they we all understand the dynamic, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying, yeah, so like yeah. I've never had an issue with this, yeah, hmm. so I you know now now, I don't know, I just think it depends man it, I, I think it just depends on your fucking leadership ability, yeah you know I think if you want to have a good culture a, a fun culture, a culture that you know um productive yeah it, that people want to be around you have to be willing to to spend fun time with your team and enjoy it and have it be genuine yeah i think a big problem is too a lot of these managers and ceos think they're like in a different class than the people that work for them you know what i mean like oh i'm a fucking more important people i'm gonna go around hang out with the with the fucking pinky up crowd here in my right. like dude i don't fuck around with those people right like when i hang out i hang out with my people right here I think that sends a better message than seeing me all over town with the the who's who of our fucking community. Right. right. I mean, I, I don't agree. Yeah. That's just my take, man. I don't think it's, I think there's pluses and minuses. And I think you learn. I think it's just like everything else. You're probably going to make a mistake. Um, the one thing that I would say is uh, a no, no for sure is like, you know, don't over consume when you go to these parties. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, you'll get yourself in trouble with that. Yeah. It just, it just, you just will and i've made my i made those mistakes before where i have made an ass out of myself in front of people i didn't want to you know what i mean and i learned and yeah i was and i didn't do it again right <laughs> you know what i'm saying like right. those are things that you have to learn as a business owner and um, i would if you're after 23 years of doing this now i don't regret any of the times any of the good times any of the trips any of the partying or any of the fun shit that we did with our team ever i it's, it's probably the best times i ever had in my whole life So, you know, I think just ignoring that because you want to maintain a power structure is kind of weak leadership. You know, I think you should be a strong enough leader where you're a leader at work and outside it's a chance to show the guys that you're just one of the guys and we got a job to do. I think it builds respect with your team, not takes away. That's just my personal take. That's real, man. I like it.
0: Does that make sense? <clears throat> no, it, do, it does. It does. It absolutely does.
1: Yeah. I think that's
0: just something that people got to kind of find on their own.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's it. It's yeah. just a style of where you're comfortable yeah. and what's productive and how, how it works. But
0: um, now, if, if all your employees are into some weird shit, probably, probably don't go to those parties. Well, if they
1: are, they're probably <laughs> taking their cues from you. <laughs> you
0: know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, All right. Question number two. Uh, Andy, let's talk about the transition from S2 to One Piece. So you were 10 years in business. Um, how exactly did the opportunity come come around or the idea or um, when did you see that next move to transition from S2 to 1P? What did that look like for you?
1: Well, you guys have to understand that.
0: Because <clears throat> you went from selling people's sub-
1: yes. products, right, to, to right.
0: selling your own. Yes. Like, I mean,
1: that's a big, that's a big it, jump, right? Yeah, For sure. For sure. Um you know, when we started the company, a lot of people don't realize like how little of capital we had. We have twelve thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Our we had to, to for us to get a, a space because we didn't have any credit. We had to pay a year's rent up front, which was a thousand bucks a month. So it was twelve grams, all our cash. That's everything. Yeah. So we had to finance all of our inventory, all of our shelving, uh, everything else in the store on credit cards, and you know that's how we started. Mm-hmm. So. For us to, like, go from that to having our own company uh, was a, it was a massive, like, it was almost, it was almost an unbelievable goal, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Because, like, dude, you got to remember, I was having this discussion with my brother a couple weeks ago, and, you know, I got, my dad found our first tax return from a, 1999 mm. and he brought it into work and it was like negative thirty five hundred dollars for the year and uh it said supplies and we built out that whole entire store for 500 fucking dollars Jeez. and it was on that line item and i had forgot that it was only 500 bucks for us to build for all the shelves Everything. all, all the, the plywood yeah we built it like yeah. with our fucking own hands right um cost us 500 dollars, and like that fucking table right there is eight grand that i'm pointing at so yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's a big jump. Yeah, yeah. and we got yeah. like what forty of those around the fucking building. Yeah. Like it's just it's 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 very bizarre mm. when you really think about how much ground we've covered in the last two decades. Um, so getting that fir- getting to that next level at the beginning was an unthinkable goal for us. It was something we never really thought we could do. Mm. And but um, but what but what, hap- what really happened was. Over the, over the first nine years of us having retail stores, um, you know, we learned the business very well. We got to know the owners. Um, we got to examine which companies did things right, which companies did things not right. Mm. Um, what could be improved? And so most of the conversations that Chris and I had in that store, because remember, 10 years in, we were still having days where we wouldn't see anybody. Yeah. So, so I mean, it was slim, dude. Like the first three years I made uh, $0,000. The next seven years, I made $695 for a total over 10 years of $58,000, all right? For 10 years of fucking work, I made 58 fucking grand. People don't believe that shit. I got the fucking proof. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So how the idea came about was from us basically case studying all the other companies day after day after day after day. You know, somebody would come out with new packaging. We'd be like, yeah, I don't like this packaging. And we could tell it was bad packaging because the cust- it confused the customer, mm-hmm. right? Because um, you had that on the ground yeah, grassroots. Immediately. Yeah, like we got yeah. immediate feedback from yeah. people. We knew what it was like to sell those products. Mm-hmm. So like we got to learn a lot about the industry from being the person who actually had to sell it to the customer because, you know, most of these companies done, didn't do that. Most of these companies just made shit and the distribution network was a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. So they they didn't know what we knew.
0: Does that Mm, make sense? They had no
1: perspective on what actually the customers wanted, how they wanted it, what confused them, what they liked, what they didn't like. They were making products and then hoping that they did well. Right. When in reality, it would make sense to fill the need that the customers want, which they didn't know because they had to rely on people like us to sell their products. All right. You got to remember, e commerce and shit wasn't like what it is now.
0: Yeah. There was no instant fucking reviews or, yeah.
1: And, And by the way, you can't even tell on the internet what customers' true feedback is because you're not having a genuine conversation with them, right? They're just clicking and buying shit. So really, the only feedback that you have is the customers that choose to make make reviews, which are one out of every how many, fucking a thousand, right right? And then um what sells? But you don't know like why other shit isn't selling. like you just you don't know these things. Mm. And so we got to see all of this shit firsthand for ten years. And our conversation always came up came like this, um, yeah, man. If we, and it, it, first it was if we ever had a company, we'd do it like this. And then after about three or four years, it was like, well, when we have our company, we're going to mm. do it like this. And it mm. just kind of naturally progressed. Yeah. And um, and then we got an opportunity to consult on a product uh, and build a relationship with a manufacturer, and we were able to start manufacturing a very small amount, and we took it from there. But uh, you know. One of the best things that we had that we utilized was our knowledge of having conversations with the customer so we could understand what they actually wanted, um, what they liked, what they didn't like, why they bought things. And over 10 years, bro, you start to learn a lot of shit. Yeah. Like if you th- pay attention. To yeah, that. dude. Like I could look at anybody else's brand right now and fucking point at every single product without even knowing how it sells and tell you that's selling, that's not selling and why. And, and that comes from experience, right? Mm. So, um, you know, it, it was just a natural progression of, of thoughts and conversations. And as our retail company grew and gained respect in the community, an opportunity presented itself to consult um, on a pretty big project. And then we worked with that company. Uh, that project didn't pan out for that company. And then we, we created a manufacturing partnership um, based off of that. And that's how we got going. And I mean, when we started... First form, you know, people were making fun of us. You know, they were saying, oh, what are you making that in your fucking basement? You know, oh, you know, oh, you mean you're going to make a supplement brand made here in St. Louis and it's going to compete on the national level? Yeah, motherfuckers. That's exactly what the fuck we did. Mm. And it's exactly what we're going to do. And so when I tell you uh, we'll be the number one brand globally, uh, just wait because we will. All right. So like, you know, when you're. I guess the takeaway here for people who are in the beginning is like, you may not be able to see the exact path of how you're going to get where you want to go, but, you know, maybe pretend a little bit as if you're going to, Mm. as if it's going to work out and observe the knowledge from that perspective, as you're going through what you're doing now, because it's going to give you a more comprehensive understanding of what you want your future brand or your future growth or your future company to actually be and serve. You know, one of the things that first form is based upon, um, is highest quality product that we can make. You know, we would have customers come in the store day after day after day after day and be like, why are all these companies just competing for the cheapest possible product? Like, I'm putting this shit in my body. I want the right. absolute best, not the fucking cheapest. Right. And that was a, that was a, something that we committed to from the beginning. Like, we were going to make a product that was the absolute best at whatever price point that ended up being versus trying to create a product for a price point that everybody else was playing at. Mm. Right? And when we first did that, everybody said, well, it's never going to work. It's never going to work. It's never well, we're pretty much the number one fucking brand in this in our whole fucking category. So it fucking works. I think it works. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> um but all of that came from from just listening and talking and imagining and what could be and how we would do it and this and that and this. And most of first form was developed during those conversations. And of course, now it's evolved yeah. from, you know, the 2009 version into this massive operation that Now includes apparel, includes all kinds of other ancillary products um, and helps millions of people get get their fucking shit together. It's really what it comes down to. Do you think that brick and mortar or the grassroots on the ground
0: in your face way of business? Do you think that like do you you see that making a massive
1: comeback with all the e-com and technology stuff that we have right now? I think it's the only I think it's the most valuable understanding of how to do business you could possibly grasp is talking to people face-to-face. And I think that the biggest opportunity that exists right now in business is actually face-to-face type businesses because people are really starting to reject technology. Um, There's there's always going to be people that want face-to-face. There's always going to be people that want to support small business. There's always going to be people that want to get in their car and go and have a a Saturday of shopping. It's an event for people, especially if you make your brick-and-mortar an experience um yeah there's i think there's a massive opportunity in brick and mortar and anybody who says they're not um i'll argue with you till the day you die and i could probably bet that i'm more successful at brick and mortar than you'll ever fucking be so i'm just giving you my professional opinion uh we're doing we're setting record after record after record in our brick and mortar stores it's not an accident right people crave it so yeah i think it's a massive opportunity that's real, Andy uh guys, our
0: last and final question for you, Andy, question number three Andy, what is the best way to create momentum in a period of complacency
1: um you have to force yourself through the first couple of days you know that's what people don't understand. Momentum is understood to be something that people catch on accident hmm. um you know, oh dude, I was doing really good, I had great momentum, everything was going on then i then i whatever, right. and then fill in the gap, right? right. Um, well, what would have happened if had you forced yourself through instead of saying, then I bought, and instead say, well, then I had this happen, but I forced myself through anyway. You would have maintained the momentum, okay? So giving up the momentum is, is usually a choice because someone had a day that was abnormally difficult and they weren't able to push through. This is part of what 75 hard teaches people if they do it correctly. Um, you are actually in 100% control of your momentum at all times, all right? Now, if you were unaware of this, will you naturally catch momentum sometimes and then sometimes not have it? Yeah, sure, absolutely, everybody will. But if you pay attention, the reason that person caught momentum was because for three or four or 10 days in a row, they did the exact same thing. And what it did was force them into a feeling of uh, of it being natural, which felt like momentum. Mm, Does that make sense? So you're in control of your momentum at any given time, it's just that when unexpected things pop up and your conditions don't serve you to naturally flow through with that momentum, that's when you have to push and grind yourself through those those moments to maintain it. Most people aren't aware of that. Most mm-hmm. people will see that as the end of their momentum and then they wait um, hopelessly out of their control for the next cycle of momentum to catch. I'll start Monday. Well, yeah, right. but right. how many Mondays does that take? Right. right. If right. you're fucking fat ass like I was, it was all the Mondays, right? <laughs> Every Monday I was telling myself the same shit and I felt powerless. I felt like I was out of control. I felt like I fucking had no strength and no discipline because I did not All right. But then when I figured out, oh shit, I can actually force myself through these things and I can actually catch the momentum and manufacture momentum. I became infinitely more powerful in every single area of my life because now I know what starts it and what stops it. Mm. All right. And this is what live hard and 75 hard does is it teaches you how to manufacture high-level fucking momentum over the course of your motherfucking life. It teaches you how much of your life you're actually in control of, which, by the way, and I hate to tell you this, is way fucking more than you think, all right? A lot of you motherfuckers are out there playing victim just because you don't understand the simple idea of creating your own momentum, and you're living like the plastic bag floating through the the sky in that movie uh, American, what's it called? America Beauty, with, where the fucking plastic black bags just blowing through the whole fucking sky without—that's how most people live, hoping to catch a tree. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. And that, yeah, eventually you'll catch some fucking wind, but like, it's where's it going to take you? Wherever the fuck it wants. Mm. Your momentum should be focused, and it should be manufactured, and it should be intentional. And once you realize that you have this power, nothing can actually fucking fuck with you at all. And that's something that most people will live their entire lives from now until the day they die, not understanding and thinking that their whole life is the result of circumstances, when in reality, it's the result of you not understanding that you are actually in control of your own fucking progress day in and day out. You're just not executing. Hmm. And you'll live your whole life as a fucking victim thinking, oh, I don't know why this happened to me. I don't know. Well, I know exactly why. It's because when it got hard or when it rained or when you fucking got hungry or when you, whatever, your boys wanted to go out to the club or whatever the fuck it was, you did it and you didn't stick through. And that's it. Hey, dude, our life success comes down to little bitty tiny decisions that we make consistently over and over and over again. And if you're making consistent decisions to break your momentum over and over and over again, you're never going to fucking have any. So it's, a, it, it's an important thing. It's, a, it's, it's something that you every single human is in control of. And if they, don't, if, if they aren't in control of it, it's because they're not aware of it. Does that make sense? Makes fucking That's problem. why every single yeah. fucking human in the world should do Live Hard 75 Hard. Every fucking one. Every fucking human. If you did it the right way, it would teach you so much about what I'm talking about now that you would feel infinitely powerful. You would feel infinitely confident. You would have the belief and the discipline to execute on anything that you wanted to do at any time you wanted to do it. And what's more powerful than that? What's more powerful than that? What's more powerful than being able to do anything you want to do as a human being at any given time and not having to wait around to catch the momentum? There's nothing more powerful than that. And that's what humans are designed to do. So fucking do it. And if you want to know more about Live Hard and how it works and what it does, go listen to episode 208. I give you the whole program for free. All you got to do is listen, all right? If you want to buy the book, it's on the website. It's not necessary. It'll give you an in-depth play-by-play description of how the fuck to do what I'm talking about doing. But I would recommend that no matter what, and no matter what you think of me, and no matter what you think of my opinions or whatever, you fucking do this because it'll change your motherfucking life.
0: Fuck, man. Well, guys, Andy, that is, that is three. Yeah. Pay that fee.
1: That's three. I gotta go, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Yeah. Went from sleeping on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze.
0: Fuck a bowl. Fuck a stove. Counted millions in a cold. Bad bitch. booted swole. Got her on bank row. Can't foe. Doesn't know. shot, Case closed. Close.